Wake up, wake up, 502, it is going down. Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Your boy Rashawn Myers here. The palatial studios of Big X Sports Radio here. WXVW is going down on a Saturday morning. Uh, and I figured that this theme song, for those who don't know, uh, classic uh, Clint Eastwood movie, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I figured that was about the best way to describe this, uh, you know, this, uh, I'm going to say Governor's Club, glory, this dream game matchup, or what used to be a dream game matchup. University of Louisville traveling on the road to take on University of Kentucky Wildcats uh, in a game where pretty much nobody is happy. <laughs> it, 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 it pretty much bears to say that no one is excited heading into this game. Nobody, I don't know if they're excited for the game, um, but it is a game that is steeped in history. Uh, it is one that means a lot to everybody in this area, uh, and it's one that even with all the struggles and even with all of the issues and the pain and the anger and the frustration uh, that both fan bases have, um, it's a game that everybody will be watching. Um, now, uh, how long those those folks watch or how intently they watch you know, may wane just depending on uh, how the game goes early, uh, but that's not going to stop anybody from going out there and watching this game. Even people that said that they've checked out, you know, Louisville fans say, you know, I don't care and I don't care about this game. I know my boy Ethan Moore <laughs> always says he has to go walking uh, and doesn't even watch the game. He'll just check and figure out what's happening later on. He says he's not going to watch it. Outside of Ethan, which I believe him because he's been consistent about that for about the last – I don't know, eight, ten years, however long he quit watching the game. Um, outside of him, everybody else in the city wants to watch the game. So um, I'll be watching. I've watched every uh, Louisville game so far this year intently uh, from beginning to end. Uh, I am a avid card-carrying Louisville fan, um, and, of course, I have to come on here and talk to you guys about it. So, um, you know, I, I would be remiss if I did not get out there and do the legwork and get ready for the game. So I, I will be watching the game. I cannot wait. Um, I don't know, uh, you know, where, where I will be uh, residing. I, I don't cover the games down in Lexington much um, just because – uh, you, well, frankly, UK fans get on my nerves. They talk too much smack. And, and that's coming from somebody who has a daughter who's a Kentucky fan. Um, so, you know, and her mom was a U, UK fan. So, you know, I've, I've had to deal with Blue in, like, literally my own house. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I just I can't, I can't deal with it. So I usually don't go to cover those games live. I usually will just stay here. The only games that I've actually truthfully covered, uh, UofL versus UK, has been football because um, – they're not necessarily as annoying, but they, they were still annoying. So as annoyed as I was watching the, the U.K. game down there, even though I watched Lamar Jackson put up a billion points on U.K. in person, it was still annoying. So I couldn't even imagine going down there to try to cover a basketball game. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I have decided, you know, it doesn't mean that I necessarily won't ever uh, travel down there to cover a game, um, but I have not made that happen yet. But, of course, if you want to get in, definitely going to be a heavy, a fan-heavy show today. Um, would love to hear your thoughts. Haven Harrington, um, I am hoping that he will be able to join us. He is actually uh, on, on the road traveling for holidays, went to go visit his mom and sister down in Tallahassee, uh, he, he and his daughter and son. Um, so, you know, the, those folks are on the road. Um, 
hopefully I will hear from him this morning. Uh, I do expect that Joe Kelly at That Boy's Good himself uh, will be joining us in the second hour um, to, to talk about, you know, his thoughts on the game and just kind of get his thoughts in general. Um, saw that he's going to join us. And, of course, we will have Leanne Herring join, joining us a little bit later on to give us her picks for the college football playoff. I cannot wait to hear her thoughts on that. Um, got to watch some wonderful games um, so far uh, this college football uh, bowl season, um, especially over the last several days. There's been some really good games, um, so I would love to hear Leanne's thoughts on that. Of course, we will get into um, Jeff Brom as he continues to uh, put together both a staff as well as uh, continues to get some big-time uh, you know, news in the transfer portal. Also looking at some uh, additional um, guys uh, joining the roster as well. Um, so going to uh, definitely discuss that. Uh, but, you know, want to get your thoughts. Uh, that This is going to be, you know, it's, it's pregame. And I know that everybody is, uh, you know, pretty much down on, uh, you know, Louisville. And I don't necessarily know if we'll get anybody picking uh, Louisville to win the game. But I would love to hear your thoughts on where Louisville's at. If, if you are someone, I've had, you know, a lot of people um, that have gotten on me about, you know, being too negative and being too, um, aggressive in my commentary about um, Kenny Payne. <laughs> uh, of course, this is the the time of year where family uh, gathers together, and uh, I was speaking with my aunt actually yesterday, and she told me I need to leave Kenny Payne alone. <laughs> she was she was on me tough, y'all. So uh, you know, I, I am getting it from all ends and all angles. Trust me when I tell you um, that I, I am getting it from everywhere. But uh, we're, we're, it looks like uh, we do have. A, uh, a collar call. Now, I don't know if this is a haven or not, but let's go ahead and uh, bring them on in. Uh, the caller, uh, you're on with me. Who is this? Caller, you can go ahead. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're talking. Hold on. There you go. Now talk. <laughs> Come on, Rock. You got to do better than this. I know. I know. Well, I, I, I was wondering if that was going to be you, Haven. How are you doing this morning, brother? Man, I'm doing well. About to hit the road and head back to to Louisville, man. That's what's I'm up. excited. That's what's up. Yeah, it's yeah. The dream game. Yeah, it's the dream. It's the going. Pillow fight. End our pillow fight. <laughs> it's going down. I, I, I'm. Well, like I said, it it is very interesting, Haven, because um, you know, as I was telling everybody in my int- entering monologue, you know, I like to set the table, if you will. Um, you know, I said that that pretty much neither fan is is very happy with their team. I don't know if you heard the opening theme, but I was playing the good, the bad, and the ugly theme song because <laughs> I thought that was about the best way um, to to uh, start this one off because, you know, I always like to have my music to kind of match uh, the, the uh, you know, the thoughts for the day on the show. And the good, the bad, and the ugly, I think, is, is the best way to go about this because UK fans aren't happy. Kentucky can't seem to beat anybody good right now, even though that they've gone out there and they have an eight and four record. Uh their best win of the year so far, Haven, can you guess who they who Kentucky's best win is this year? I have no clue. Yale. By the numbers, Yale is the best team that Kentucky's beaten this year. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. I mean you know it's like both fan bases are very dissatisfied with their coaches. Right, like I've heard UK fans talk about it's time to fire Calipari after this year. This is it. He's done. He's he's gotten too old. He he no longer is the guy we thought he was. And of course, you real fans are like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He can't recruit. 
what's going on with Louisville basketball. Oh, my God, I've never seen this bad. It's like I, I, I've never seen so much apathy come into a Louisville-Kentucky game. Well, like, on social media, like, even on message boards, where people just love to talk smack. It's like nobody's even talking smack anymore. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, we got to play each other today. Yeah. It's like he's – I guess so. I got to eat my vegetables. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I guess we got to watch this game before we uh, – before we watch the college football playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that that is definitely the the vibe that I've been getting. Haven is just um, nobody's happy, man. Like I was listening, you know. Of course, I love listening to uh, UK post game shows after UK loses. That's just one of those guilty pleasures as a card carrying Louisville fan. You know, you always like to because UK fans always go over the top. And as upset and unhappy as Louisville fans are, I'm telling you, Haven. And I'm not lying to you when I tell you this. UK fans probably are more like if you listen to the post game uh, of the Louisville games and listen to the post game of the UK games. I feel like the UK fans are more mad at Calipari than Louisville fans are at Kenny Payne. They are. <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible, but you know, given Louisville is you know trying to flirt with being maybe the worst uh, Power Five team ever. <laughs> Like, U.K. fans are still more upset than Louisville fans are right now. You know, it's just we live in some sort of bizarre world where on local sports talk radio, you spend the first two days of why were we talking college football. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, you really spend most of your week talking football and you sprinkle basketball talking because, like, everybody just assumes Louisville's going to get dog walked. It's like, well, you know, Kentucky's may not be like, like this may not be a great Kentucky team. Hell, this may just be an above average Kentucky team. But compared to kind of like what we've seen so far, nobody thinks Louisville has a chance. I think what Vegas openness is well, Kentucky at 25 point favor or something crazy. 23 and a half. 23 and a half points. <laughs> Good Lord, that's like just no respect at all for your program. That, that's absolutely – it's by – it's worse it's, – it was the worst opening line spread of a Louisville-Kentucky game by far. And it's the worst by – I think they said Louisville's biggest uh, spread that they've ever been down as far as against the spread was 16 and a half. Um, back uh, several years ago, I think uh, 2014, 2015, like one of the years when Louisville was resetting and UK had a really good team, um, Louisville was like a 15 or a 16 point spread. But this is much, much worse by far. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like, this is the spread you give teams who get paid to lose. Oh, yeah. 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 No, th this is definitely a. A uh, you know lo low major division two type spread team type spread. This is like what UK should be getting when they play like Chaminade, like literally. <laughs> but you know, but I, but I will tell you, little fans, this: do not dismay. There is a chance your Cardinals can still pull up the upset. Yeah, hey, you know what? And Haven, I and I I will say this: you know, watching Louisville play against NC State and watching UK play. Um, and, and lose against Missouri the other night. You know, there, there are definitely some things that um, if uh, in, a, in a crazy world, I, I will say this, I don't know if Louisville can win the game, um, but that 23-and-a-half, I know that, you know, Rick Bozich uh, put out a tweet earlier saying that Louisville 
um, is 2-11 and 11 against the spread this year. Second worst in the nation behind only Tulsa, who's 1-11 and 11, 11 against the spread. So Louisville's basically not been able to, to cover the spread, regardless of how big um, Vegas has made it, outside of just twice. But that 23.5 points, I'm going to say for the first time this year, I don't think – that's like I'm taking Louisville in those points all day long. Like I think Louisville's going to lose the game. I don't think they're losing by 24 points. Like that's 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 even a bit rich for for my blood, especially. And that has I don't know if it has as much to do with Louisville as much as it has to do with the fact that UK is not playing well right now. Um, you know they, they are not playing good basketball. Um, they seem to have a ton of issues, and they've allowed a lot of teams that aren't that great. I mean, even that game versus Yale um, was a close game. I want to say UK ended up winning that game by six or seven points. Like it was definitely um, a pretty close game um, where the Wildcats got the victory. But I mean, if you watch them just go out there and get absolutely manhandled against Missouri, um, they lost that game by about twenty points. Um, on the road uh, there in Columbia. And, 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 you know, with the way UK's playing right now, Louisville has the athletes to be able to keep up and stay uh, stay competitive in this game. Um, you know, but that, that's been – that's not been something that has been an issue all year, right? They've had, they have size, they have some athleticism. It's just, I don't know, they like to turn the ball over 25 times a game, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's, it's like Lula has all these natural advantages they just don't use, right? It's like you've always had an athletic advantage over most of the teams you play, you just never used it. You've had a height advantage over most of the teams you play, you just never used it. Oh. Uh, you know, it's like Louisville's just sometimes, except for that Western Kentucky game where they just went crazy and shot like 53% for the three-point line and and had just ridiculous numbers. They've never really used what what you would think would be a natural advantage over their opponents. No, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, and, and that that is – that is the frustration and the consternation that's that's just driving Louisville fans crazy because you do see flashes like it, pretty much every game. Louisville has uh, you know a, a moment or a stretch in time where they look like a intelligent, competent, talented team that they can just do some things that are like okay, wow, that was nice. But then they literally follow it up almost immediately with just as many minutes of horrible play where it's just completely head-scratching. And I think that's the, the biggest part of it, Haven, because, I mean, when I look at this game, like, I don't, I don't really know how to um, break it down as far as what's going to happen because Louisville's been so far over the map. I mean, some games they've been shot great shooting the three. Uh, you know, other games they've been awful shooting the three. I mean, overall, their numbers say they're, you know, not a good three-point shooting team. But I can remember, you know, five or six games where Louisville hit 10-plus threes in a game and shot a good percentage. But then other games, they shoot like one for 25. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't know what to take there. I don't know what to do with the turnover issues. I mean, that's maybe been a little bit more consistent. But as of late, um, they've done a little bit better in terms of taking care of the ball. The only thing that I know that L does well – um, even though they kind of screwed that up a couple games ago, is shoot the free throws. I mean, they're a very, very good free throw shooting team overall. Um, so, you know, that you would think that at least if they can get fouled um, and put pressure on UK um, and get to the free throw line, they can maybe keep it close. I mean, I remember a game with Chris Mack uh, the first year that Mack was at UofL. Um, if David Johnson is able to hit free throws on the road in Rupp, 
uh, Louisville has a chance to win that game. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, th- there's definitely something to be said about being able to go up, step up to the free throw line and knock it down. But, I mean, it's going to be difficult. But, hey, what I wanted to ask you, and, and, you know, I think this is the biggest question, Mark, is um, – Yes. All right, you know what? I stop. I'm going to stop right now. Yes. I know what you're going to say. I'm ready for the answer already. Okay. Yes. Louisville will probably be Clemson next year. Because Brahms going to have us ready to go. That's what you want to do. I saw Clemson lose to yeah. a Tennessee team last night without their two best wide receivers, without their quarterback, without their best defensive plate. I thought to myself, next year could be the year that we finally beat Clemson. <laughs> That's what you wanted to talk about. And I'm all I'm ready for it, and I'm here for it. I saw your tweet about no. that. I saw I saw your tweet about that. That was funny <laughs> last night. <laughs> well, well, that is a question that I definitely want to ask you about. That wasn't the question I was about to ask you about Haven, but that's definitely um, a, one that I, I think is going to be interesting, just because. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I does Clemson definitely does not look like the 800 pound gorilla that they used to be. Um, nope. You know. or, or, or the question about to ask me is this: Who wins the pillow fight if nobody has pillows? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, no, I, I did. I, I just wanted to ask you because this is one of those things that have been said, um, you know, both on local radio and just thinking about things overall. Is is you know they always say that you know Louisville fans at this point know that the the season is is lost and that Louisville is going to have uh, you know an issue winning maybe five games this year. But what I was going to ask you was that. You know, going out there against your rival, it's different when it's on CBS. When you got the CBS cameras and you have the music, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the college basketball music, and you have the, 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 the great announcers, and you have all the, the bells and whistles that come with it. And, you know, if UofL goes out there and just looks as hapless and as terrible as, you know, they have been, what I was going to ask you was, you know, does this game fundamentally change anything about where the fans sit? Like, uh, you know, I, I think that's kind of the question, Marcus, because they always say, you know, you can talk about, I know this team's only going to win a few games, but actually the process of going and watching game after game, Louisville losing, changes the attitudes. And this is UK. If Louisville goes out there and just gets destroyed in Rupp, does that change anything about your feeling of the team, the fans being in and out on Kenny Payne? Um, does it shorten his timeline even more? Does it not really make a difference? Honestly, I think at this point for Louisville fans, I don't think it makes too much of a difference. Okay. I, I honestly think that most Louisville fans have pretty much resided to themselves that where to get blown out. It's just not about how many points. And I think most of you fans think because it's at Rupp, because it's a rivalry game, because UK seems to always really, really get up and seems to get right when they play U of L and, and the season takes off from here. Uh, I, I think most fans, and Calipari really needs this game, I, I think most fans think that we're probably going to lose by 25-plus. It's going to be a dunk fest at, for the last five minutes of the game. And I think Louisville fans are residents, uh, you know, just ready for that. I mean, most Louisville fans I talk to are not even going to watch the game. They're like, eh, we got other stuff to do. Like, watch my grass grow. Maybe, maybe watch some paint dry someplace. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we, have, we have other things to do. I think this game actually means a lot more for UK than it does U of L because if U of L can keep it close 
and take it down to the wire. That's just about a loss for UK, even if they win, ain't it? That is a loss for UK because UK fans are going to be hopping mad. I mean, they're mad already, and they're very mad already. All right, God, it's called call for Calipari to get fired. If Rule keeps it close and was within 10 points with, like, I don't know, like three, two to three minutes left to go in the game, oh, UK fans are going to have a conniption fit. Win, lose, or draw, they will have a conniption fit. It, it will be a loss. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I can't disagree with that. I, I definitely agree with you that I think UK clearly has more to lose. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, the Louisville fans know the, the score and the situation. Um, and, and to a point, uh, and, and to a measure at least, I think that um, who's in on Kenny Payne and going to support Kenny Payne is going to support Kenny Payne regardless of what the games look like because they want to see Kenny Payne win. Um, and, and the people that are out on Kenny Payne are going to be out on him. I still think there is a little bit in the middle. Um, I think that the people that don't necessarily call into talk radio and the people that, um, you know, don't live and die on every moment and get on message boards, uh, I think those th- their votes are still yet to be cast. I think that they're a little shocked and they're, they're a little upset with what's happening, but they haven't given up on the team. So I, I think there is still something to be said uh, for what's out there, um, and, and I definitely want to hear everybody's thoughts on that. 414-1450, that's 414-1450, uh, uh, area code 502. That is the Thornton's text line. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Of course, you can give us a call as, as well, 502 384 1450 as well. If you want to give us a call in on the Wake Up 502 buzz line and give your thoughts um, on everything going on, uh, you know, with, with the, this game today, the battle of the bluegrass, the, the dream game, whatever you want to call it, um, it's going to be going down here noon on CBS. Uh, you are listening to Wake Up 502. This is Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, coming to you live, WXVW Big X Sports Radio, and we'll be back for more on the good, the bad, and the ugly. song I wrote, you might want to sing it note for note, don't worry, be happy, <laughs> welcome back, welcome back, every life we have Wake some up five trouble, Wake Up 502, Rashawn Myers coming when to you, 96.1 worry, you FM, 1450 AM, Well, don't worry, be happy, feel a lot of stress and strain, Haven, I feel, I feel a lot of it coming uh, from folks around this game, so you know, got, got, everybody's just gotta gotta relax a little bit. We already got uh, the, a lot of great texts coming in on the Thorns text line. We're definitely gonna get to those. Um, I did want to let everybody know that uh, I will be giving away. I, I, the, you know, the, the good folks over at Twenty First in Germantown, uh, fourteen eighty one South uh, Shelby Street. 
Of course, we do game day 502 um, every Saturday afternoon uh, during this football season. Uh, this is uh, going to be, I believe, the last uh, game day 502. Uh, unless, hey, th- things may always change. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the coming up these last couple weeks, um, you know, we'll, we'll be there for game day 502. And the, the, the good folks over there um, at uh, 21st in Germantown said, Rashawn, we got some tickets we want to give away for a very popular, popular event. It, it always sells out every year. It's a very hot ticket. Uh, we want to give these uh, tickets away to you. Um, $28 at the door is is their retail price um, for, for this uh, great event that's coming up. But it's a very interesting event. Haven, can you guess what the event is? I have no clue. So uh, coming up uh, on the 17th of January, um, the world-famous Girls' Night Out uh, uh, review is coming to 21st in Germantown. Um, You know, for for, for the ladies, I'm sure the ladies know a whole lot about this. kind of like, you know, a a whole Chippendales-type deal. but apparently it's very, very popular, and they wanted to give a, give away a couple of tickets, and they wanted to uh, give those to the good folks here um, at, at Wake Up 502 and Game Day 502 uh, to, to let the, the anybody who would be interested in getting these tickets um, that we will be out there. We will be giving away these tickets at the Game, game Day 502 um, show. Uh, so, you know, if you want to come out, uh, put your name and enter your name to win these tickets. Um, I believe we're going to give the tickets away actually next Saturday. Um, I believe is going to be when we're going to actually do the giveaway, but we wanted to let everybody know. Uh, you get two tickets on there, um, and if you want to check out anything that's going on, you can go to www.girlsnightoutthe-show.com. Uh It was just so funny when, when Ed, my buddy uh, who runs a lot of things over there at 21st, came to me. He was like, hey, man, I got some tickets for you. I was like, well, you know, he showed me the poster, and it's got all these, like, extra, like, rip dudes that you know that make me feel self-conscious i'm like man you know i like i'm like how, how am i gonna go about giving those away but definitely excited to partner with them they're very very uh you know like i said they're, they're a very hot ticket so uh you know if you if you want to get tickets or get more information on there make sure you check those out i know haven you're very excited about this I am. <laughs> I am. You can come watch me perform that night as well. I, I will be there. <laughs> You're gonna be out there. I'm like, going to this. Uh, was that Chris Farley yes. and uh, and um, um, uh, who was that? that Patrick was, Swayze. Yeah, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> that is one of the greatest Saturday Night Live skits ever. <laughs> I'm gonna save my chest and my butt just for this show. So <laughs> I need you guys to come on out. <laughs> <laughs> that is classic. So if you want to come out there and get your entries, um, you can start with uh, start uh, put submitting your entries um, today. If you come out 1481 South uh, Shelby Street, uh, would love to see you there. You can come out, chat with me and Haven, talk about these playoff games that will be getting ready to kick off at 4 o'clock um, with TCU, um, you know, uh, uh, getting things kicked off. Uh, in, in there with the TCU, Michigan uh, is the first game. And then, of course, the nightcap, the heavyweight matchup uh, between Ohio State and Georgia will be coming up after um, TCU and Michigan end. So uh, definitely come on out there. We'll be wrapping up everything that happened with UofL UK. We'll talk about the aftermath of that game and much, much more. So 1481 South Shelby Street, come out there, get submitted for the tickets, um, get ready. But uh, Haven, I definitely want to get right uh, to the uh, the Thornton's text line because it is jumping already. That is 502-414-1450. Um, texter uh, text in says, planning for the worst but hoping for the best today. He said, I see a 30-point loss coming today. Despite Kentucky struggles, hopefully I am surprised. L's up. 
Um, I think that's a, that's where a lot of people are. Um, you know that they think that it's just going to be an absolute beatdown by UK. Um, I. I Know that classically, Kentucky has always had you know some guy, whether it be John Hood, whether it be um, Wukash Orbzut, it could be um, you know uh, Tyler Hero, a guy who hadn't hit any threes at that point that season for the most part, coming out and hitting like five or six against Louisville in his freshman season and only season at UK. Um, you know, Louisville has always seemed to bring the best out of Kentucky. Um, you know, so there's several guys that you can say, okay, who's going to be the dude that just murders? Louisville this year because it always happens that just somebody comes out of the woodwork and just has their very first great game against Louisville. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think that with where Kentucky is, the desperation that they have to right the ship, uh, you know, I, I said the worst thing that could have happened for Louisville is that UK went out there and just got dog walked by Missouri. Um, because that makes this game an opportunity for Calipari to curry some favor with the fans and to get everybody back thinking he's the greatest thing ever. Um, but, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see um, if Louisville can hold that together. Uh, going back to the text line, Texter says, um, Louisville has nothing to lose in this game today. Uh, it says, Kentucky can only lose. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's, I mean this game is definitely more about Kentucky. Uh, Haven, would you, do you agree with that? I mean, this is, I mean, this is a UK show. I mean, it's, it's all up to them. Like, this, I'm not going to say their season rests on this game, but, like, Calipari desperately needs this win, but he needs to win big. Like, he can't keep it close. He can't be within 12 points. He's going to have to win big. I, I, I think UK fans expect, you know, UK to win by, like, 20-plus. And I think anything less than that may be, like, a, a sign of defeat almost. So, yeah, I mean, all the pressure, all the pressure in this game is on Kentucky. Louisville entered this game with zero pressure, zero expectations. Like, nobody expects us to win. Hell, nobody expects us to keep this game close. Nobody expects us to be within 15 points of Kentucky. And if Louisville can just do what they did before, like in every game they have this season, when they play tough the first 15, 17 minutes and make UK sweat, then you're going to see a lot of consternation a lot of gnashing of teeth, biting of nails, people throwing their Calipari pictures off the wall, <laughs> throwing UK clocks, and throwing their transistor radios and false teeth out the window. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's going to be all sorts of mayhem, right? If, if, if Louisville can keep it close. Like, it looks like a two, three-point game at halftime. Well, Louisville does one of those things where they play well the first half, and they play with energy and, and tenacity. And, and Sid Curry and Sweetie are, are battling in the paint for every rebound and point. Man, UK fans are going to be ballistic. They're going to go ballistic. And that may be worth the price of admission right there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I definitely think that all the pressure is on UK to not only win the game, they're, the pressure is on them to just absolutely blow out Louisville. And, and I think that, you know, like I, I talked to my dad about the game, and, and you know, he still – he told me, he said, Rock – because, you know, my nickname, anybody who knows me from back in the day, my nickname is Rocky. So if you hear somebody call me Rock or Rocky, you know I've, they've known me for a long time. But my dad was like, Rock, I'm telling you, this is the game UofL's going to turn around. They're going to get it, you know, they're going to get it done. And, and, you know, there are a lot of fans out there like that. They believe that Louisville's going to turn this thing around, that they're going to be competitive. And, and bless their souls, like, I appreciate the fact that they have that unbridled optimism. Um, because, you know, me being in this role for so long, my pragmatic nature – 
um, has just made me like that part, that level of fandom and fanhood is just gone from my soul. <laughs> like I've been doing, I've been doing this for too long. So I'm definitely much more pragmatic. I look at things at the information I see in front of me and don't try to get too high and too low and get too rah-rah about the, you know, the hopes and dreams. I just kind of look at the, the data that's been given to me and then make my opinions from there. Um, but there are still plenty of people that think Louisville is, you know, that they, they are right there, that they can just turn around, they can flip that switch, they can't stay in UK, and they think it's going to happen. Um, you know, and, and I love and appreciate that. You know, my, 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 my pops is, is diehard, and he still believes in Kenny Payne. He still believes that they're going to turn this around. He believes that, you know, that they, they got a, another trick coming. And, you know, I, I'm okay well, you know, with that. I support that. Well, you know, here's the thing. So, like, there is hope. And and, one, and the source of hope is, despite what we've seen so far, we know Kenny, we know Coach Payne understands the rivalry better than probably any coach outside of Denny Crumb that has walked those sidelines. And, yes, that includes Richard, Richard Patino. Um so he understands why he gets what this is about. Yeah. So from a player's perspective and from a coaching perspective, so he gets it all the way around. So if, if, if anybody can have the team prepared, hopefully like, like this is the one game that Kenny can have his team prepared because he has like intimate knowledge of this rivalry. He has intimate knowledge of UK's roster and how they coach for, for big games and how Kyle Perry seems to get you know, his team's up for UK, I mean, for UofL every year. So, you know, he has knowledge. You know, the, the scouting has already been done by his 10 years of being on the bench at Kentucky and his four years playing for us. So, no, that's I... a positive. You know, another, another positive, mm-hmm. you know, we do have athletic big men that they decide to be aggressive and, and attack the boards. You know, we could maybe, even with Shrubay being you know, with Mr. Windex himself on the boards. We do have guys that as big and physical. They can, they can crash the boards and cause havoc down down low. So, you know, we had the talent to cause UK all sorts of problems. Well, it's it's so funny, Haven, that you say that because um, uh, Mark Story, Lexington Herald leader, I was listening to, um, you know, our, our good buddy uh, Mike Rutherford who comes to you on the Mike Rutherford Show uh, 3 to 6 p.m. every uh, weekday here on uh, WXVW 96.1. Um, I was listening to Mike, and he was talking about Mark Story doing his – his uh, yeoman's work as far as, you know, getting the show down and really trying to break everything down, even though, you know, people are very much out on this Louisville team. And, you know, he was doing the position-by-position matchups. And believe it or not, Mark Story gave Louisville – the advantage at three of the five positions in the starting lineup. Uh, you know, when they talked about, you know, who's the better player or, or who's got the better overall matchup advantage, um, you know, Severe Willer versus L. Ellis, he gave the nod to L. Ellis. Chris Livingston, the freshman, um, versus uh, Jalen Withers, uh, you know, the, the red shirt junior, he gave Jalen Withers the advantage there, as well as Lance Ware at the power forward versus uh, Brandon Hunley Hatfield. He gave Louisville that matchup advantage as well over Lance Ware. Um, but, uh, of course, at the other two spots, um, you, you know, you have uh, Casey Wallace, the absolutely superstar stud 
uh, freshman at the two guard. He, of course, gave him the advantage over Mike James. And, of course, the returning and, and defending player of the year uh, candidate, Oscar Shibway, gave him the big advantage over um, Sid Curry as well. Um, you know, which, of course, those two matchups. UK wins by a very large margin. And then, of course, UK had the advantage for bench depth as well as the intangibles, coaching, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, but it, it, that, that kind of just speaks to me that when you can still see that even Mark Story concedes that he thinks that, you know, UofL may have a slight at least talent advantage over, you know, at three of those five starting spots, um, you know, that UK is still just by far – um, the, the much better team. But I, I think that kind of speaks to some things that, that we've talked about all year is that Louisville does have talent. This is not like a team – like I remember some years where, you know, you had guys like Caleb Gervin on the roster and guys that just, you know, Deion Edward and just, just terrible players uh, on a team that just was horrible. I think that was Denny Crum's 20-loss year, um, you know, where you had Tobias Hopper, you had Deion Edward, you had Caleb Gervin and, and, and all those guys, um, Cameron Murray. Uh, that that just they didn't have talent, you know. Like that that team just was just just didn't have Louisville level talent. I don't think you can say that about this Louisville team. It's just the dysfunction of the team, the dysfunction of the the scheme and the game plan that is the biggest issue. But I think that Louisville does have you know at least some horses in the starting lineup that can challenge UK. But it's just the overall play, and I think that's what, you know, especially for people that cover UK, they've been more invested watching UK play and don't really understand what the dysfunction looks like in Louisville yet. And, and I think that's something that's going to be yet to be seen, um, and that may change some opinions on some of those matchups. But I did want to get back to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Texter says, um, I haven't checked out as a fan, but expecting very little at this point. Not sure what I think about KP. It changes with me. And I think that's where a lot of people are. Like I said, I think the people that are just diehard, you know, in KPI trust, I believe that they are just going to support Kenny Payne no matter what. Um, but I do think that there are still some people like that texter that are on the fence to where they, they know they love KP, you know, that they may be have watched him, you know, win the championship back in 86 and they, they you know, he's one of Louisville's own and they really hope that he does well, but they're still kind of on the fence. They aren't just, I don't care what happens, you know, Kenny's going to get it done. I don't think they're in that group. And, and I think that this game for folks like that, um, I think this game still matters because it's different, dude. In a rivalry game, you don't want to see your team get embarrassed by the rival. You know, especially when CBS is watching, you know, you're going to have the national people. If it goes horribly, you're going to hear people on CBS talking about, man, how did it get this bad? You know, what's going on? Because really and truthfully, Haven, you know this, because it's still football season, there's very attention being paid nationally to, to bat college basketball. But as these uh, football games are ending and people start to really turn and look at what's happening here with the Louisville basketball program, I think that can start to be a national narrative if Louisville doesn't get things turned around. Don't you think that's still out there as a possibility? I mean, it's always started to be a national narrative. I mean, we've seen podcast after podcast after podcast of guys talking about you know, what's going on with, 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 with Louisville? You know, like, how can he be this bad? We don't understand. And, you know, people going through our statistics, and, you know, like, these guys shouldn't be this bad. I, I believe I sent you an article yesterday that just outright said that Louisville maybe should fire uh, Kenny Payne at, at the end of this season because, like, they're historically that bad. 
and you're like guys like Jeff Goodman has started, has started isolates. He's got uh, a clown look. Oh man, Goodman has been on at Kenny Payne's neck. <laughs> yeah, he has I mean, been. So, so some of the national guys have started to, you know, to to kind of turn turn the other cheek. It'd be interesting to listen to a national broadcast to see if you know if Louisville starts to get down by twenty. 25 plus points, and it looks like it's about to be a dunkathon at the end of the game. You know, it's like, what does that narrative start to, you know, like start to change? Because up until this point, on national broadcast, when Louisville has played, we've always heard the same thing. Kenny's the guy. You just have to give him time. Yeah, that, he can get it done. I will point out that all those were ESPN affiliated stations that you know definitely have a love affair with with, with Kenny Payne and and have connections there. I do want to point that out. <laughs> CBS Group is a di- little different. That's more of a well, you a, know, and, no, and, and and that's true. But it becomes a point when the losses start packing, you know, start stacking up, and they, they have already. When how you lose starts to matter. And it's no longer a team that looks like it's close. Right. You know, if you continually get blown out, then you're like you can't ignore it anymore. Like you have to talk about it. Right? Like you have to start questioning. You have to start wondering why. You have to start wondering what's going on. And then people start looking at the transport portal and they will start looking at our recruiting class and commit. And they'll start to wonder like, why were no guards committed yet to to, to Louisville when they desperately need guards? No, that's a great point. Uh, I mean, that, that's that's that right there is an excellent point because you know people have talked about you know the fact that Louisville's really going to have to make a push in the transfer market this off season to kind of turn this around. But you would think a Louisville team that you know doesn't have any guard play, don't know if L. Ellis will be back, but yet Louisville does not have a single guard committed for next year. I mean, people, it, it was one thing to talk about the fact that Louisville didn't bring really any guards in in this first class, um, you know, when Kenny, first, Kenny Payne first got the job, because you could have the conversation that we always heard, well, they did the cloud and all that stuff, but Louisville sh- sh- glaringly showing that they need guards on this roster. For them still to not have any guards committed for 2023 um, is definitely – uh, a, a a red flag. I mean, you know, even though you know that you're going to have to hit the transfer portal hard, you would think that there would be somebody that would say, you know what, I, I'll take the challenge. I'll go to Louisville. It looks like they're going to have a lot of minutes available. Um, at least I can go there and get my shots up. And, and when that's not the case, it does make you wonder what's going on um, with the recruiting. I mean, I, I I haven't thought about that as much, but Haven, that is a great point. Um, you know, I I, I mean, yeah, I mean, because that's, that's I mean, now people are, are starting to ask questions. People are starting to like, was it Jeff Goodman that, that we heard on a podcast? It was like, I'm going to have to give Kenny Payne the, the password to the portal. Yes, what he wanted to give every college basketball coach for Christmas and what he wanted to give Louisville uh, coach Kenny Payne was the the, the, uh, the code to get into the transfer portal because obviously he didn't know it. <laughs> that was kind of rough. <laughs> that, was Jeff, that was very rough. Jeff been on But it's man. very true. Yeah, I mean it's rough. You know it's rough, but it's true. You know at this stage of the game, I mean you know you should have at least one low level guard, a warm body, at least committed that that you've gone after. And so far, every you know five star, high four star guy that we've gone after, we have whiffed on. I mean I would it's take three, I would take a borderline Haven. I would take a borderline four star, three star kid if they can at least give Lowell some depth. You know, and, and at least Louisville has some guys that can come in and be a part of, you know, uh, 
the the change. I mean that that's what we talk about. It's just you know Louisville having guys that that you can at least give Louisville fans hope. I mean because as much as UK fans want to be on Calipari, Calipari has that carrot that he can dangle, saying that you know what I got DJ Wagner, uh, got Aaron Bradshaw, got Robert Dillingham. I have this superstar class coming in for next year. You know, and he can kind of hang his hat on that, and and that gives everybody pause to say, okay, well, yeah, you know, we're not really necessarily happy, but this Calipari's at least got another class that looks a lot like when he was winning big. This is what his recruiting classes look like, and he can kind of hang his hat on that. Louisville doesn't have that. Like Kenny Payne doesn't even have a recruiting class that Louisville fans can say look forward to, and and, and that's the the biggest part of it. So now you're just hoping that these transfers that you have no idea who's going to be available or who's going to pick Louisville. You're just it's almost like unseen hope is all you have and what Kenny Payne can do to turn around because you're not necessarily getting that even with the recruiting class, and, and that is very difficult. Uh, going back to the uh, Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, Texter says, if Louisville comes out uh, playing like they did against WKU, then we got it. He said, I like Louisville for the upset if that happens. He says, we can also win in a free throw shootout. So, I mean, yeah, I, and I agree with you, Texter. I think that there are some paths for Louisville to be able to keep it close if they can just get on one of those unreal shooting uh, stretches um, because UK has struggled to shoot the ball well. Um, C.J. Frederick, uh, their lights-out shooter from Iowa who transferred over, um, he's out, apparently going to be out at least a couple weeks, so he's at least one guy that won't be able to come off the bench um, and just light you up. Um, I I still think that there are guys. I think Antonio Reeves is a guy who I think (laughs) for Kentucky is probably a likely candidate to just come out and just murder U of L. There's always one that that does that, Um, so you know I, I think that there is definitely opportunity. And last text uh, before we get here uh, to, to the break at the top of the hour, Texter says, Rock, I guess you can guess who this is, ain't you? Uh, he says, Rock, beware of corrupt arena. Paid officials in Cal's pocket. LOL. <laughs> yeah. That- <laughs> One of the greatest consistencies of all time, a Louisville fans talking about, you know, the, the, the officiating. I hope Ted Valentine, I don't know who the officials are, but the only way that I would trust that Louisville can get even a decent whistle in there is if Ted Valentine is on the call. Because TV Teddy don't care where he's at. He don't care who the teams are. He's going to do what he wants to do anyway. If he decides he wants to, you know, uh, give you the business, he's going to give you the business. If he's going to, you know, pull for the team on the road, he'll do that. Like, we see Ted Val- Valentine do all types of things. But, you know, the officiating is definitely one of those things to keep an eye on. I think for Louisville, worst-case scenario, I think would be easy to say if L. Ellis got in foul trouble. Wouldn't you agree with that? Hey, game's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, I mean, I, I mean, that's the one guy that can't get into foul trouble. I, I mean, it's just that simple. If he gets in foul trouble, game's over. Because then you have uh, Mike James maybe switching over. I mean, Kenny's substitution, we don't know, but – Mike James could switch over to one. Hersey could be two. Zane could be one. And I mean, just like after that, you have like nobody else. It's like that's it. Yeah, yeah, no, you got got to keep L. Ellis out of foul trouble. I think pretty much anybody else out there, um, you can deal with the foul trouble a lot better. Um, but you can't have L. off out of, off the court for uh, too long, or that will definitely spell trouble. But I, I tell you what, Haven, we too long. The guy, can, the guy can't be off the court long like three minutes. Yeah, what are you talking yeah, about too long? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you don't believe <laughs> Zan, Zan Payne can come in and get it done? 
He came back to court for three minutes. What are you talking about? Yeah. Three <laughs> Very well. Oh, to come back from great men, I want you to play Punk's about to get beat down. We got to get hype. Like Enough it. of the soft music. Let's no. go hard. I like it. I like Brand it. Brand new band. Punk's about to get beat down. I got look you. And look, look at Haven doing producing on the air. I appreciate that. Hey, you are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Big X Sports Radio, taking care of you. We will be right back on WXVW. Landlord say your rent is lit He may have to litigate Don't worry <laughs> Be happy Look at me, I'm happy up to get beat down. I like it. There you go. Time to get some aggressiveness in here, Haven. I agree with you. Bump UK. UofL's going to find a way. That's right. (laughs) I have a message from one of FAMU's finest. Yes. Go Clark. Hey, I know who that is. That is Mama. That's what I'm talking about. It's Mama. How are you doing, ma'am? You doing all right? Doing great, doing great. Got to see my son and my granddaughter. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> I'm so, so happy to hear your voice. Uh, talking to the millions and millions of fans right now. Uh, you know, I like it. Go Cards, though. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, Go Cards. There we go. There we go. Thank you for checking in and with strike, me. Strike, Rattler, strike. Hey, hey, I know. Hey, you know what? The, the right, Rattlers almost got us a couple weeks back. I got a little scared. Oh, they, they, they <laughs> did us wrong. We we only lost one conference game, and that was to Jackson State. Mm-hmm. We didn't get a bowl bid for nothing. Really? I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah, we didn't even get a bowl bid. And then Jackson State lost. Yeah, J- Jackson State lost in the championship. <laughs> well, you know. That's at least because they cheated us. <laughs> yeah, fact. Fam definitely deserved to get, to get to get that uh to get that bowl bit. I agree with you, Mama. <laughs> yeah, yes, they did. Oh shoot, that's so funny. Well, I appreciate you, ma'am. I I, I wish I I'm giving you an air hug through the radio. I'm about to get down there and come see you guys soon. All right. All right, I'll be looking for you. All right, I love you, sweetie. <laughs> love you too. <laughs> there you go, fam. You find it. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, hey. FAMU, they the last several years, FAMS had a really good football program. So you know, shout out to the the uh, 
the, the mighty Rattlers uh, doing things down there. You, you know, FAM and uh, Florida State both are right down there in Tallahassee. So anytime we're down there, me and Haven, we'll always try to make it a point to get by FAM, uh, you know, once U of L and, and FSU gets done. So uh, can't Honestly, wait to get back I'm down there. Uh, Samuel's games are much more interesting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> hey, and by the way, Haven, uh, we are now joined on the line a- a- as well uh, by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joe Kelly. Joe, <laughs> what's happening, brother? Uh, you know, you know, doing my thing, setting up a bar at, what is it, 10 a.m.? Yeah, 10 a.m. Yeah, yeah, man. Big day of sports we got going on down here. I know it's going to be crazy over there at the Granville, ain't it? I mean, you know, that's what the Granville is known for, right? You couldn't, you couldn't have spent any significant amount of time at U of L and not have at least one memory down here. Oh, absolutely. You, you know, it's funny. My my, my Granville memory, uh, my cues, of course, uh, you know, of InsideTheVille dot com fame. Uh, you know, he was the architect of InsideTheVille dot com. Uh, my cues was doing a live show from the Granville Inn, and that is actually where I met my cues. And I actually also met Lachlan McLean uh, because Lachlan McLean had just gotten to town and was taken over on eight forty for his show. You know, the the, the sports night with Mark, Mark, uh, with Lachlan McLean. That show had just gotten started, so I actually met Lachlan and Mike Hughes the same day. And of course, I ended up writing for for Inside the Ville. So definitely, I have a Granville story. That was that was good old days. Boom! Uh, I'm trying to That's what I'm talking about. I'm trying to. P- <laughs> I'm trying to picture Locke uh, slumming it up with us down here in Old Louisville. Right. Well, you know, at the I time, mean, Locke was brand new to the city, so he didn't really know any better. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it happens. Yeah. Good hey, on him, though. Good on him. Absolutely. Spectrum Zone. Uh, Locke yeah, little playing now. But it's a it's a longstanding tradition in Old Louisville, man. I mean, I didn't realize this joint had been open since 1939, serving U of L athletes and stu- or students. Oh, and wow. uh, letting them come cheer the athletes on. Yeah, only been like four sets of owners. Pretty wild place, but uh, hopefully see some people come through. Please, for the love of God, don't let this place be more blue than red. <laughs> for the staff's sanity. I would hope not. My goodness gracious. Yeah, you know, like I said, if cards pull out the W today, man, I guarantee you're not going to see the ball drop tonight if you're a cards fan. Yeah, yeah. You will, you will be well tucked away long before that. That is a Joe Kelly promise. Oh, absolutely, yeah. If, if UofL gets that victory at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, yeah, you're not making it to midnight. No, yeah. no, 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 no. You can hang that up. <laughs> oh, that's Sorry. funny. Hey, Sorry. fellas, we, we do have a couple other texts I want to get in here before I get to your your, your thoughts on, uh, you know, everything. I want to get Joe Kelly's thoughts on this game in general, but I did want to get back to the text line. A uh, texter did say um, – he says, uh, good morning, Wake Up 502, main event, the culture. He says, well, I was in the Kenny Payne train, uh, but I'm ready to move on if we don't hit the portal. Uh, then definitely we need to move on. He said, hashtag bring Jay Wright home. He said, also, Oscar is going to put up 30 points uh, on Sidney Curry. <laughs> UK wins by 20. Uh, he says, for football, I see us going 9-3 and three or 10-2 and two in an Orange Bowl uh, in his first year mm. Under uh, Jeff Brom, so <laughs> definitely pro- sounds. Uh, he's jumping off Kenny, but he's definitely pro Brom Haven. Hey, let, let me tell you something. I'm pro Brom as well. I'm I'm excited. I mean, I'm I'm just beyond excited. I, I mean, I, I think Brom's gonna get it done. I mean, we got Plummer coming as quarterback. Well, what's up? The man from Cal. So we got your your typical Brom pocket passer. 
to the to you know, they give us that one year bridge over to Clarkston. Um, Clarkston, it, it's not, it doesn't get any better. The man recruited for two weeks, showed up the defense. I, I, I'm beyond. I'm just beyond ecstatic to see what he can do, especially after watching Clemson pee themselves down the leg last night. I'm like, yes, the the stars are aligned. <laughs> yes, Florida State is is, is better. I think we can beat Florida State. I think we can run rough shot and be the Louisville we always thought we was going to be when we joined the ACC. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Jeff Brom, you know, and you talked about it earlier, Haven, that, uh, you know, especially with Clemson, uh, you know, while, granted, Clemson was still 10-2 and two on the season. Um, you know, now that Louisville doesn't have to play Clemson every year, uh, they're, they're no longer an automatic for point, uh, opponent for Louisville. Um, that definitely opens up the door for the Cardinals. The, the uh, ACC is going to – they're going away from the Atlantic and Coastal Divisions. Everybody will be in a single division. You'll just have a couple of games that you play guaranteed every year. Um, and, and I think that definitely opens and paves the way for Louisville to possibly get into that ACC championship game a lot easier um, with not having to go through Clemson every year. So, Jeff Brom, you would think that would be something that he can take advantage of. Not only did he get Jack Plummer, the transfer from California, 6'5", 235 pounds, but he also, Haven, uh, is in uh, – Louisville got two crystal ball projections – for T.J. Capers, the number one linebacker in the 2024 class out of Miami, Florida, and a top five, five player Five-star linebacker, baby. Yeah. That's huge. That, that, that would be the highest-rated recruit ever to play for University of Football team if, if we do get him. And that dinner he paid to uh, Uncle Luke paid off, baby. It's about to pay off. <laughs> hey. <laughs> The, the fact that, you know, the, the first picture that we saw of Jeff Brom in was with Pierce Clarkson and family. And then the second picture that we saw was Jeff Brom and Uncle Luke said everything that you needed to know about Louisville's plans moving forward. <laughs> Man, we all need to right now go to Kroger's, buy everything you call we can find, and send it to Cincinnati's AD. <laughs> yes. Yes. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, thank I, you, bro. Thank you. I, I, I totally Seriously, agree with man. You. Go, go let ahead, that man lead the uh, – no, let Cincinnati's AD give him a free ride down uh, down the highway. He can come hit the button to start uh, Thunder over Louisville this year. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Take care. I agree. He can be the, the marshal in the, in the Kentucky Derby play. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, I, I know it's not NASCAR, but if they got like a pace horse, he can ride that. <laughs> like they'll be like, "Why is the Cincinnati AD up here?" Like I don't understand what's going on. It's like, oh, trust uh, he me, he loves that so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he loves us more than our mamas. Yeah, that that man's getting Christmas <laughs> cards for the next ten years, guaranteed. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that that y'all that you started this hour off uh, talking about excitement about football. And I met up with some buddies last night that we don't get to see each other very often. And uh, we were all in agreement. And I hope I don't eat these words and sound foolish down the road, but I honestly don't think I've been this excited about UofL football since I was a kid. And my dad started taking me to games at Old Cardinal Stadium. And the reason why I say that is I think if we're being realistic as Cardinal fans, I know a lot of people really do believe that we would have we eventually crashed the party with uh, – Bobby 1.0, had he stuck around? I think if Bobby actually believed that, he wouldn't have left. Um, 
I, I just never really felt like when we were in the Big East or, or Conference USA, it didn't matter how good we were, they were always going to find a reason to say, yeah, but, yeah, but. And then when we got, when Charlie was here, I loved Charlie, but I didn't think he was sticking around. And maybe that's, that's paranoid Louisville fandom, but I just, I didn't see a football guy like Charlie ever being content being the number two, two uh, coach on a campus. You know, I mean, that it just doesn't jive with, with – you don't become as successful and as hungry as he did without having straight goals. And, and he wanted to be the captain of a ship like Texas. So we always – I always felt like that was coming. Then we got Bobby 2.0. And that was so frustrating because even with Lamar, you, it, it felt like this, this program still has a ceiling. We have the greatest – arguably the greatest college football player ever – and nine wins is our ceiling? Like, what? what is that? Right. Um, so there was, there just, there was always this sense of, yeah, but, yeah, but, and that's okay because we're a basketball school. Jeff, we're no longer a basketball school, so I need you to come in and win immediately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> please, yeah. please bring back hope. I, I think the best thing that happened to Kenny Payne, uh, truthfully, has been Jeff Brom coming to Louisville. Because if you were, you know, if, if you still had Satterfield and you maybe had some of the football defections, like let's say Ruben Owens and DeAndre Moore, it end up it did end up deciding to go elsewhere. Uh, and you know, you still had some 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 semblance of the Flyville twenty three class, but there were, you know, I, I think that some of the energy that's been brought uh, by Jeff Brom has absolutely saved. Kenny Payne a lot of attention and made everybody kind of say, you know what? Yeah, we know the basketball team is struggling, so I'm just going to focus on what's going on with Brom and crew. I think that was probably the best thing that happened to, to Kenny Payne. Don't you agree? I agree with that 100%. Because, unfortunately for Kenny, here's, here's the difficulty he faced and still faces. But Jeff alleviates a lot of that. Football can be a great distraction, but as I said earlier, end of the day, we're a basketball school. Yeah. We're a basketball school aspiring to be a consistent football contender. Yes. But until we have a decade of, of continued success in, a, in a, a legit conference, the, the program has a ceiling. And the basketball program is supposed to be the consistent. It's the thing that we say, well – Maybe next year in football. So what about the basketball team? What, what's realistic? You know, we, we make plans for traveling before the season starts, looking at where, where the, the Sweet 16, et cetera, is held. So the problem for Kenny, a, a big problem, is there was no patience. There, Satterfield had everybody so frustrated because, kind of to my point about there's a ceiling. Right. And we talked about this for years with Set. I just feel like there's a ceiling. And I don't know what he's going to do to convince me otherwise. And, and you know, we just talked about if this was the best he could get with, with a six-year senior at quarterback, I, I, I'm excited about Pierce, but he's not coming in and, and flipping three games, I don't think. If, if he does, we might have another Heisman winner. So, Yeah, I mean, it is different. Especially with the with the uh, with Brahms' uh, track record against the best teams, I mean, it just gives you more hope. 
You know what I mean? Like I, I just don't feel like because Satterfield, his best two wins were both Wake Forest wins. It just doesn't give you the same right. kind of hope, right? Absolutely not. And, and it's not fair to him. But, I mean, Wake Forest has now become a really weird uh, installment in Louisville fandom lore. <laughs> Wake Forest football. Right. I mean, we know Tim Duncan traveled. Right. We, we know that happened. <laughs> Found out, too. Egregious. Uh, things of that nature. But I, Wake Forest football becoming a thorn in our side and also being the two biggest wins. You know, I remember going to the Orange Bowl in 07. We get there. They announce it. We're like, oh, yeah. And then we realize, wait, Wake Forest won the ACC this year. <laughs> we wanted to see Florida State. We wanted to go play Miami, you know? Yeah. Wake Forest is definitely, the, they're like the Rodney Dangerfield of the ACC. Even when they win they the ACC, they just, it's like I'll win. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you're like, well, somebody got to win. Might as well be Wake. <laughs> oh, hey, by the way, fellas, I got to let y'all know, a text in to the Thorns text line, by the way, uh, says, this is Dre. He says, again, my son, Lil Dre, uh, it's his birthday. He says, uh, he said, he said his birthday was the other day. Uh, can you guys give Lil Dre a shout out? He turned 11. So, uh, oh. yeah. Happy birthday, Lil Dre, man. Shout out to you. Yeah, your pops yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? B- b- big birthday. I'm sorry that we can't put a better basketball team out there for you, Lil Dre. But good, better days are coming, man. I promise, brother. Better days are coming. So, happy birthday from Wake Up hey. 502 to you. But the bowl season has been nice so far. So let's play the game. Oh, yeah. Really good. Oh, and, and we're, that Clemson game. we're going to have Leanne Herring coming up to talk about that. That Clemson-Tennessee game, man, uh, was, was pretty good last Tennessee. night. You know, I mean, that was been Tennessee just wouldn't stop. And you know what? I, I, I'm sorry. To hell with you, Dabo. <laughs> to, hell, to hell and back with you. Tell me you heard his. Tell me you heard his BS nonsense this week about the NIL. Oh yeah, <laughs> Ooh, buddy. You know he delivered that one at Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, his wife said, "Dabo, you're brilliant." He said, "I'm gonna say that to the media." And somebody <laughs> was like, "You shouldn't," but I can't wait. And then that fool came out and went full Joel Osteen, <laughs> talking about talking about how now. I know that y'all think I don't like the NIL. That's name, image, likeness. <laughs> well, this program at Clemson, we built our, our program off a different name, image, and likeness. Not the one you think. <laughs> no. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I said, if somebody doesn't throw a shoe at that moron, I'm going to write. <laughs> yes. I, I, I Damn you, Dabo. <laughs> There's got to be. I, I like Rutherford's comment last night. There is somewhere... Somewhere cooking, I just can't piece it together right now. It's 10 a.m. Give me a couple hours. Maybe I'll have something. But there is a forbidden fruit and orange bowl joke to be made at Davos. <laughs> you know, it was one of those things where, you know, usually you, uh, especially during bowl season, you have that kind of conference pride to where you want to see your conference mates win games. I can't lie to you and say I wasn't a little bit happy that Tennessee whooped Clemson's team. <laughs> I see. You know what? Maybe it's because maybe it's because Louisville fans. We were just like wandering the desert, following Moses for so long. But no, I don't care, y'all. I'm a hater. I don't want to see my neighbor do that well. <laughs> I mean, he can have something a little nice, but if I pull up in a new Cadillac, I don't want to see his Mercedes. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Did, oh, by the way, speaking of the game last night, did you see that they put on the uh, on the graphic when they showed Peyton Manning, nineteen ninety eight national champion? Oh, <laughs> show Peyton Manning like somewhere. T Martin, I think T Martin was T Martin uh, racer. Like I know he was somewhere. Like damn it, <laughs> that happens all the time. It's like I won the championship, not Peyton. that is. <laughs> Man, granted, like the I fact that they put Peyton Manning up as as the national champion in '98, that is somehow worse than every time they would show any black coach on the sideline <laughs> on, on the prompter. Charlie Strong, and you're like, nope, <laughs> nope, different, different, different brother. And this is on ESPN. It's like, come on, <laughs> really? At the bowl game, right? It was- Man, Bally gets it right. What's y'all's excuse? I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, to Peyton Manning did not win the national championship. That was Perilous Price, T. Martin. I remember that that team. I love that team. T. Martin was a baller. And the fact that it wasn't Peyton made me that much happier because they just kissed Peyton's tail the whole time he was at Tennessee. <laughs> I still do. It's a, Tennessee's a weird cult. I'm glad I'm out of that. <laughs> Uh, but I, I did thought I thought that was just hilarious. I'm like, wow, like that. like the ESPN Sports Information is supposed to be like the the gold standard, but that was a big hey, that, but you, that was a big fumble last night. You know, you know what I can't unsee now when I watch Tennessee. Somebody said Josh Heupel looks like grown Bobby Hill, <laughs> and every time I anytime something goes wrong for for Tennessee, all you can do is just hear Hank yell, "Damn it, Bobby!" Yeah. <laughs> He does, yes, yeah. Josh Heupel. It's just so funny to see him because anytime I, I, I just think of you know Oklahoma making that run to the first uh, BCS national championship. Like Josh Heupel, for whatever reason, he makes me feel older than anybody else. Seeing him because I vividly remember that game in two thousand. For him to now be a coach and the head coach of Tennessee just makes me feel ancient <laughs> for whatever reason. I tell you, I tell you, what's unfortunate for that guy. Is he's just got one of those bodies that when his metabolism quit, oh yeah, it just it just it was done because there is no way in hell if uh, you took Cam to to football practice, yes, and you were talking to that guy watching practice, you know his dad's do, and he's like, yeah, I played quarterback in college. Be like, no nah, man, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> on your intramural team, like on a beer league, right. <laughs> Yeah, hefty, okay. hefty, right? Like, like right? Jared Lorenzen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I didn't want to make a joke. R.I.P. Even though it's rivalry day. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. Yeah, like yeah, you, that, you would not believe that man. That is true. I mean, he it, like yeah, he definitely uh, I do, do get the Bobby Hill vibes. That's hilarious. But yeah, he. <laughs> N- nature and time was like it's, it's all like it's like those people like I always look at Dwayne Wade and I always used to say look at them cheeks on Dwayne Wade I said as soon as that brother quits playing basketball I can already tell it's coming for him <laughs> oh man he does have the chipmunk he has the cheeks man when you got the like, cheeks that's usually a precursor for the future <laughs> like did you did, like dang buddy did you break your jaw and get it wired and the swelling hadn't gone down no, looking like Kanye through the wire <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious! Hey, what? One more text before we get uh, get out of here to the break. Uh, it says, uh, "Text uh, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty says we are entering the golden era era of Louisville football. I truly believe it, and, and I I feel that energy. Like I I feel like everybody 
is there. Like everybody knows that this one is a little bit different. I mean, the the, the recruiting, the you know, the the, the Brom taking over, um, just the, the the way that you know you're getting so many local players to be a part of it. I, it feels different. Like I really agree with them. I I think that Louisville is in for some some big time uh, step up. So I, I'm very very excited to see what happens. Louisville has a great uh, schedule next year. Um, of course, we'll be down there in Atlanta for the Chick Fil A kickoff for UofL versus Georgia Tech to start the year in the ATL. Uh, I'm sure that we'll also be up there in Indianapolis when UofL takes on Indiana. So I, I'm very, very excited to see what happens with that. But, Haven, I know you're going to be getting out of here. Do you got any uh, parting shots before we get out of here and get the break before we get to Leanne? Punk's about to get beat down. UofL's going to get it done. I'm telling you. I'm calling my shots right now. Louisville's only going to lose like 12 or 13 points. <laughs> and it's going to turn... <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to send the UK in, into madness. And I'm, I'm here for We're it. We're going to cover this. I'm sure we win. I just want to like the lose close, just so I can tune into the post game show. Listen, to I'm driving through Tennessee, so I can just laugh my ass off all the way <laughs> so I get back home. Fair enough. I like that. Well, Haven, I appreciate you, hey. brother man. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, son. Yes, sir. Uh, before we take this last break, can I give another shameless plug to get some friends down here to come out and say what's up? Yeah, you're looking for cheap beer and moderate company. Well, from the staff at least, like we're not that. We're we're wait, cat's working. Okay, you're good. There's personality around here. Uh, <laughs> come on down. We got bucket specials, fourteen bucks. Get your drink on, and you know it's still the best menu in Old Louisville, arguably in the city. I'll put the fried chicken up against anybody. You know, I and and I may just swing on by there, Joe. Uh, just come know, on through, come my on through sweet and brother Noomsie. Yeah, watch watch a little bit of that game, Cards and Cats. I like. Yeah, it. and a and a. It's during the daytime of the Cards Cats game, so it's family friendly. Bring the kids, bring them all out. Uh, nobody ha- don't have to get the youngins out until eight. I like it. I like it. I love yeah, it. Yes, it even mean it even means if 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 they do the unthinkable, you can stay out for a little bit. That's get, your, get your New Year's Eve on early. There it is. Well, Joe, I appreciate you, brother. I, I'm going to go ahead and hit this break. When we come back, we're going to get Leanne Heron on the line. She's going to be giving us all the breakdowns for the college football playoff and all the other college football action going down. You are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Joe Kelly, thanks to Haven Harrington. Be safe driving back down the road, and we'll be back on Big Exports Radio. Gotta respect them, dissect them. Yo, our word is Welcome back. Welcome back in to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, uh, Joe Kelly uh, here on the line. Haven Harrington had to uh, make a little run. He's heading back home from Tallahassee, so be safe, Haven. Uh, we, of course, you know that music means we got our, our lovely lady herself, Miss Leanne Herring, on the line. I do want to make sure to remind everybody, come out this afternoon after the games are done, Everything after everything is over. 1481 South Shelby Street, 21st in Germantown for game day 502. 
to. Uh, you can get signed up uh, for the, the two tickets uh, to uh, the Ladies' Night Out uh, um, uh, re- meal review uh, that's coming up the 17th of January. Joe Kelly, I know you wasn't on earlier. We're giving away two tickets valued at $28 a pop. Uh, one of the, the, the biggest uh, events and shows um, over there uh, every uh, year there at 21st. And they're giving away two free tickets. So make sure you come out and get signed up for that. You can give them as a gift. Uh, you know, this is still the Christmas season is still there. So if you want to go in and put your name in um, to try to get those tickets and give them to a, a special lady, if you want to go yourself, hey, there's no it's a judgment-free zone. It's all good. Uh, but make sure you come out be a part of that uh, there at 21st in Germantown. Uh, be a part of that. But Leanne, how are you doing this morning? Or Well, yeah, it's still this morning. So <laughs> how are you doing this morning? Yeah, it's still technically morning, even though we're <laughs> Central Yard and Eastern Time. No, doing good, doing good. Glad to be back on the show. It seems like it's been a while. A lot of action going on from the, from the snowball field with a great game, uh, bowl game set today, a couple bowl games, and, of course, you know, that Louisville-Kentucky Hoops game, which I'll be hopefully watching here soon. So a lot of action going on, a lot of uh, to talk about. But, like I said, glad to end the – the last show of the season with me, Hampton, with you guys, and um, and uh, excited to talk about uh, talk about what games we like today and what's going to happen. It's going to be a crazy slate of games today, from the Sugar to the Fiesta to the Peach Bowl, of course, the Music City Bowl in Nashville. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I, before we get into the, the the breakdown on on the games today, Leanne, I do have to ask you. I tell you what, Tennessee, Josh Heupel has Tennessee looking pretty good. They got the win over Clemson. Um, do you think Tennessee is going to be kind of like a new force to be reckoned with here in the SEC moving forward? Man, you can't disregard Tennessee, and as much as as much as that's hard for me to always you got to get Tennessee. Even though even though Tennessee, their season didn't go the way they planned, we thought they'd definitely be in one of these one of these key games and possibly even making a playoff run. Yeah. There's still a lot to be said of what he's done over there out in Knoxville, out in Rocky Top. So I think Tennessee um, will be a team that we're going to have to watch this season. Especially, I think they're going to get a lot of momentum with that big win over Clemson. There's, there's going to be interesting to see where Clemson goes after this one. You know, there's a lot of key players, but we've also seen a lot of players, you know, make the exodus out, whether they're going to the N- they're going to the NFL or they've decided to hit the portal. So Clemson's going to be an interesting factor to see where Dabo Sweeney and that ball club takes it. But, but no doubt, I agree with you, Sean, that Tennessee's going to be a team to watch definitely in this offseason, how they rebuild, whether they go through the portal, um, find some late, uh, you know, young guys in the, in the, you know, later half of this early signing period coming up here in a, coming up here soon in a couple of weeks and everything. But, yeah, Tennessee is definitely going to be a force. Uh, I took Tennessee last night. Everyone thought that Clemson was going to show up, but, but I said uh, you got to take Tennessee in. I think Tennessee is going to be something to watch next season for sure. Yeah, Mackenzie Milton balled last night, man. It was a, it was it was definitely a, a great showing. And like I said, I, I'm not necessarily upset that Dabo lost. He, there, there's no love lost with that dude. So uh, yeah, I, I, good good on the Volunteers to get that done. But let's go ahead and jump on these games. Of course, we're going to start with the team down the road in Lexington, and maybe what maybe the sleepiest game of the day: UK taking on Iowa uh, in, in the uh, Transperfect Music. City Bowl. Uh, both teams come into this game at 75. Leanne, Iowa is a three-point favorite. They are laying three points on the road over and under 31 points. Uh, what are you thinking in this one? 
This to me is going to be, like you said, kind of a sleeper game. I really, I think this is going to be one of the more Jekyll and Hyde games of the entire bowl season. Got I, like you said, both teams are coming in with the same slate. Both offenses are going to have an interesting showing today because, of course, Iowa coming. Uh, try, you know, the offense hasn't is having a lot of question today. They're going to throw in the new young redshirt freshman in there. Also, I believe there's some punting, punting work for the for the Hawkeyes in there to to lead the reins over in, in Nashville. And then, of course. You know, Kentucky offense is going to have struggled all season, especially with that offensive line. They're, of course, going to be out, be out without their guy, Will Levis, who's preparing for the NFL draft. Most mm-hmm. likely going to be the number one overall guy in the draft. And, of course, running back Chris Rodriguez will be in a slew of defensive players out of the depth chart. So it's going to be a tough, tough, um, tough uh, go-around for both these teams. Uh, the, de- the defense, like I said, but for Iowa, the, the Iowa offense hasn't been anything spectacular, so I don't expect it to be a huge shift even even with the change. What has done it for the Hawkeyes, like, like many teams this season struggling on one side of the ball, has been the defense. And I think that in this game, it's going to be a tough one. Like I said, Kentucky offense, they just haven't found that spark. Even with Will Levis' talent, even with having Rodriguez back, I just feel like they've struggled. And again, that's hard for me to say with so much with so much momentum, the Cats are going in early on the season, but like they say, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, and the Cats have, are looking to finish strong in Nashville. On this one, you know, the lives moved a little bit. I'm going to take the Cats to cover. I feel like I feel like they'll keep it in the game enough. Um, I feel like if the Cats' defense steps up a little bit, it, I mean, it's, it's not been spectacular, but by means it hasn't been horrible. Yeah. I think that they're going to be a difference maker. So I think in this one, we talk a lot about offenses being the difference maker. I think it's going to be defenses. What defense is going to be able to to hold and uh, and get it one off track, which won't be hard with the with the with the offenses you're dealing with. So I'm going to take the cast to cover, but I think ultimately Iowa Iowa's going to roll on roll on this one. I just feel like their defense is going to come in a bit stronger. It's one of the you know top ones in the country, and then with Kentucky not having a lot of its key weapons, especially Levis not being in there to control the game and help ease things, I see I see Iowa coming out with this one, um, and I see it being a little bit of a, a higher scoring game than 31 points, so I'm going to be bold and take the over, but I wouldn't take this, um, depending on the book, I wouldn't take uh, the game over 35 points on it going over 35 points in this one. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Joe, uh, Joe what do you think about this one? UK uh, getting three points uh, in this game. What, what, what do you think? Uh, I, I, I don't know. This is the most garbage lineup or, uh, <laughs> ever. Yeah. No, what's the combined what, – what do they have the projection for the combined total at? Yeah, 31. 31. So they're guessing like 16, 16, 14, something like that. <laughs> Good God, man. No wonder the Sicko Committee named it the Sicko Bowl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Iowa in a rock fight. Levis being out. They, Kentucky hadn't impressed me much this year with Levis. Yeah. He, he looked awful. I still don't understand all the first-round grades. But what do I know? Yeah. Definitely yeah. picking Iowa in this one, though. There we go. Well, you know what? I'm going to be the contrarian in this one. I, I'm going to say I, I, I think – that in a game that's not going to have much offense, the two things I like about UK in this game, in a, in a game where points are going to be at a premium, I like Dane Key and I like uh, Barry and uh, Brown. Uh, and, and I think because they have UK does at least have the two freshman receivers that can just break a play and make a play either off a kick return, punt return, or you know that they, they happen to get a broken play offensively. I think those guys are going to go out there and they're going to get just enough offense for UK to actually pull up the pull off the win. Um, especially being down there in Nashville, UK is going to have the home crowd there. Um, so I, I I do think Cats get it done. 
Um, but it's going to be ugly. It's still going to be a rock fight, but I, I think that, that Brown and Key are, are the reasons why I think that gets done. Um, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll leave that with it. That, that game is going to be ugly one way or the other, and I probably won't watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's going it's to get weird, especially, like you said, trying to get some points on the board. It's gonna be, there's going to be some weird plays in that one. But like you said, Kentucky under Stoops always does really good in bowl games, despite what the regular season stuff. The yep. Cats always have just done solid in bowl games. He, seem, he seems to circle the wagons, definitely. Uh, well, Leanne, let's get to games that are actually actually be entertaining today. Uh, the, another noon <laughs> kick. Uh, you have Alabama taking on Kansas State, the All-State Sugar Bowl. Um, looks like this is going to be a very, very exciting game, in my opinion. Uh, Alabama, of course, laying eight points uh, with an over and under of 57. Who do you like this one down in the Superdome in New Orleans? You know, this is going to be a sweet game for both these teams. Alabama, you know, in rare form for them not to, to be in the SEC championship with two losses. It, but, you know, there's not – but Alabama still – Alabama still elite. They, they had, a you know, averaging 40.8 games per game, six, you know, averaging 6.8 games per yard. You know, they, there's a lot to be said there. And I think the key thing for Alabama, the momentum going is, is that Bryce Young um, is going to be playing there. Their top pass rusher, Will Anderson, has also opted to play in the bowl game. So I think as far as Bama, even though they've lost 13 players to the portal and everything, this is huge. Two of their key playmaker, playmakers on both sides of the ball are going to be available, along with some of their other you know, favorite weapons and on both sides of the ball. So that's huge for Bama on this one. Now, you know, people can say that K-State was on a hot streak. They may or may not deserve to be here. But K-State has shown all season that with a little bit of grit, a little bit of determination, and a running back like Deuce Vaughn, if you haven't seen that kid in the backfield, he ain't very tall. But, man, he's fast and he can break some plays. And him and pair, and pair that with the Wildcats, you know, late t- late quarterback uh, addition in midway of the season, Will Howard, they've been in a, you know, a euphoric for the Wildcats. I'm gonna I'm gonna take K State in this one. I think Alabama isn't gonna come off another loss, especially at the Sugar Bowl. This is like a home. This is like a classic old, you know, fashion fashion showdown for me. I like Alabama to win, but I had the I have K State at uh, seven points, and with the line going up to eight points, I just like the way K State is able to uh, um, to uh, pace themselves in the game. Their defense has been pretty stellar, and being able to uh, pick apart some top running offenses. The fact that K State was able to uh, pick apart a TCU TCU offense like it did, it and with Bama, you know, not at top Bama form. I like K State to keep it close in this one. So, like I said, I'm gonna K, I'm gonna I'm gonna be bold and I'm gonna take that Cinderella team and I'm gonna take K State to cover with the eight points. Definitely, I think Alabama's still gonna roll, and I, I think it's gonna be closer than people are gonna expect it. I don't think Alabama's gonna come out the gate, especially with Young and Anderson playing. I wouldn't be surprised if those two don't play the entire game. Um, and, and they try to keep them healthy, so that could also be a game changer of Young's taking out Anderson early in the game. So I'm going to take the under 57, but I like K State to cover in this one. But I think I think the tide's going to roll in the Sugar. I like it. I like it, Joe. What are you thinking? Alabama laying eight points uh, in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I got to I got to take Bama on that. Yeah, you don't bet against Nick Saban. I mean, you can. Stupid. <laughs> I'm not. A, I, you know, I'm. I don't advise it. But go on. What, what's the line in uh, Vegas vacation that, that Eddie tells Clark? Go on, Clark. You show him how this place got all these fancy lights. <laughs> uh, you know, you can bet against you can bet against saving, but somebody's going to get a nice payday when you do. Yeah, yeah. My hat goes off to uh, to Kansas State that Big Twelve championship game that that you know we're just talking about. It was a blast. It was entertaining. 
the little the little scat back Kansas State's got to the point about how great he is and how fast he is. You know, you got an absolute game breaker in college football when you attempt a game winning play that's a wheel route with a five foot seven water bug coming out of the backfield. And they were confident in that play. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean he's a he is a blast to watch. I I feel like Kansas State has been one team that every time that we've talked about them this year, like I don't really know if we've known how to take them. Like you know, there there have been times where, uh, you know, we've just continued to doubt that team and continued to doubt that, um, you know, they could get it done. I definitely believe that this game means a lot more to the folks at Kansas State than it does the folks at Alabama. Alabama's used to being in the in the spotlight. Uh, they're used to being out there playing for the championships. I think that, Leanne, what you said about maybe pulling Bryce Young and some of those guys early, Will Anderson, um, and not really going for the gusto, um, I think that Kansas State is going to have a really good opportunity to pull the upset today. I don't know if they will get it done, but it's definitely, I think, going to be closer than that eight points. This is a Kansas State team that I have disrespected all year long and not really believed in and just waited for that balloon to burst. Um, and they, to their credit, have stayed in there fighting and won a lot more games than what I thought they would. So, you know, I do think that the Tide will win one where they have to kind of wake up at the end <laughs> and get it done. But I think Kansas State's going to give them the fight of their life. Uh, so give me Kansas State in the points. Um, I'll take those eight points, and I think they'll keep it close. Uh, so, yeah, I- I'm going to roll with that one. Now to the two games that matter the most. Uh, of course, we have the first game kicking off at 4 p.m. on ESPN, the first college football playoff semifinal, the uh, Verbo Fiestival going on, TCU, Michigan. Michigan is a big-time seven-and-a-half-point favorite. They're almost as a bigger spread with TCU and Michigan as this Alabama game, uh, Alabama-Kansas State. Alabama's an eight-point favorite. Well, Michigan is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over TCU. TCU getting outright disrespected in this game. Um, you know, what What do you think about that spread, Leanne? Uh, who do you like in the game? What's going to happen with the Wolverines versus the Horned Frogs? If there's a game about second chances, is right here. Michigan, of course, fallen. You know they they haven't always had the best history in bowl postseason. We saw it last season, getting so close yet not close enough to to, to make it to the big show. And how now here they return against Ender Harbro. And then of course you got TCU. That uh, that Cinderella, another Cinderella story here. You know, uh, has played hard all. They're kind of the unicorn of, of college football right now. They have they have a new coach. They're in a rebuilding year. They're not supposed to be here, but hey, it's college football. And, the, and TCU definitely has showed why they deserve to be here. And I couldn't think of a better way to, to make this run in the next two games and maybe the champion than TCU coming into this game in the Fiesta Bowl into Arizona as the underdog, just the way TCU likes that. I like TCU big in this game, especially with that point spread. Michigan, Michigan's a hell of a good team. There's no doubting that. With Michigan, you see what you see is what you get. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Harbaugh's going to come. He's going to play is going to play good classic football. He comes, you know, they know how to they know how to uh, capitalize on the red zone. They know how to put pressure. They know what to do when it counts. The thing about Michigan that I can see TCU needing to to make sure that they do early on in this game um, is to be able to not let Michigan ever readjust. If you know Michigan, if you look through the whole entire season, they start out kind of slow, rocky, having to readjust. That's exactly what the Horn Frogs and Sunny Dykes are going to have to come in and not let Michigan get fired up in the second half and not let them regain. Because Michigan, 
they don't show up the first half, but how they're going to show up in the second half. And this is when TCU is going to come in big. So I expect TCU and Max Dungan to take that offense, and they're just going to control the game. I think what we've seen TCU do all season that has been key in their success despite that loss in the Big 12 championship and the reason why I think the committee saw them being here is that they've been able to adapt and adjust to their game plan no matter who they're facing, who they're thrown at quickly. And the biggest thing about TCU that has made them a success and made them here and at one is that they have improved every game. When people were saying their defense wasn't working, the next game we saw it, it improved. So I expect TCU to give Michigan a run. We're going to see a really exciting game here, especially on the run. So I like to, I think, I, it, it, this is a tough one for me to call because I think Michigan, like I said, this defense and everything that Michigan, they're, they're playing a revenge game here. They ain't going to lose. They're not going to get this far only to lose to TCU. But I think TCU is sitting in a strong spot. So I'm going to take TCU in this one. I think TCU is just going to have a little bit more in the gas tank. I just feel like the way that Max Duggan plays in these type of games, the way they adopt and adjust, I'm not going to take TCU just to cover with those seven and a half points. I'm going to take them to roll in the Fiesta against Michigan. Uh, uh, today, so it's really bold. Like I said, I think wow. this is going to be a close game. I yeah. think it's going to be a close game. I just think TCU is going to pull a little bit of something that we're not going to expect, and, and I think that they're they're going to they might just break Michigan's heart for a second time in a row. And I'm going to say under 58 in this one. Well, there we go. There we go, Joe. What are you thinking? Michigan laying seven and a half points. Uh, who do you like in the Fiesta Bowl? I think Leanne is brilliant and right on the money with this. My brain tells me, like, oh, it's Michigan. I've watched them this year. Their defense is fast, flies to the ball, plays really aggressive. They get there with, with what's the old saying? They get there with uh, very mean intentions yes. when they meet the ball carrier. They're a fun team to watch. But, come on, man, the chaos part of me needs teams like TCU when they do crash this. I say crash, but, you know, because they're a non-traditional name. Mm -hmm. I need them to do well because it adds more hype to the expansion of the playoff. And it it then opens up the conversation for the teams you don't expect to be in a playoff. Eh, Maybe we should give them a shot. Look at what TCU did that year. I also just, I don't know, man. I'm thinking Sonny Dykes over over Harbaugh. I think he's going to put him in a blender and and Harbaugh's plates are going to come undone. (laughs) I don't know. I don't. I don't have a score pick, but I think. I think it'll be a close game, like Leanne said. Yeah. And then I see TCU with a, with a one score score lead, causing touchdown, pick six, scoop and score something. It'll be something wacky, where you look at the score later on down the week. If you don't watch it, you're one of those lazy people that just reads the uh, the game recap. You'll talk like it was a blowout. Wasn't that at all? Yeah. Horn frogs. I like it. I like it. You know what? For for me in this game, it's about two injuries. Uh, Blake Corum, the the uh, standout running back from Michigan, out for the season, uh, torn ACL. Michigan was still able to run the ball pretty uh, effectively and efficiently versus uh, Purdue in the uh, Big Ten championship game. Of course, they had the humongous blowout of Ohio State in the horseshoe. That really opened my eyes to just how good this Michigan team can be because of that offensive line, the fact that they can impose their will regardless of who the running back is. With Corum not being available, um, that does at least give me pause with Michigan, with TCU, it's more about the health of Quentin Johnston, their standout wide receiver. Johnston, when he's on the field, 
is the best player on the field. He's been outstanding and he's been consistent all year long. But, of course, he got dinged up in that Big 12 championship game. And that was one of the main reasons his uh, inavailability in the second half of that game uh, was a big reason why Kansas State was able to pull that victory. When Johnson is out there, there is not one single person in this country that can defend him one-on-one. In one-on-one coverage, I'll take Johnston over anybody. I think he's that good. Um, but the question is, can he stay healthy? How healthy is he coming into this game? If Johnson is healthy, I think that TCU has a great opportunity to get that win. That being said, uh, I still believe in defense. I still believe in the running game. I believe that with the Johnston being iffy, if he tweaks that knee or leg or ankle or wherever that he got nicked up at in, in the uh, Big 12 championship game, if he's not able to go full bore, I like Michigan just because I think that Michigan can line up and just pound you. I agree with you, Joe. I do think it's going to be close. I think Max Duggan is a dynamic uh, guy at the quarterback position for TCU. So I do think it'll be close. Um, but I do think Michigan will probably get a backdoor cover uh, where maybe they add a field goal at the end to push it from a 7 to a 10-point game. Um, give me the Wolverines in this one. But I do think it's going to be a very good game. And if Johnston is healthy, I will say this, if Johnston can play at near 100% percent and play the full game i definitely think tcu can get the win i just question how healthy he is so because of that i'm going to go ahead and take the wolverines in that so we'll see what happens and of course last but not least ohio state georgia probably the two most talented teams in the playoff this year facing off mano and mano uh, ohio state looking for redemption for just getting blasted at home uh, in the last game of the regular season georgia the 800 pound gorilla that has been pounding everybody all year uh, it seemed predestined uh, for stetson bennett and these guys to get it done this year leanne what are you thinking in this one bulldogs and uh, buckeyes this is going to be an old-fashioned old-fashioned kind of game right here, and it's going to be a good one. I think this is, I think there's a perfect time to put Ohio State in the UGS. Of Ohio State getting here um, and through, through uh, college football, postseason, regular season, fashion, so many states, so many dominoes, how to fall, so many interesting storylines. Ohio State, they were all out, but of course, there's always hope, and for Ohio State, they're sure glad that they're here. Um, and like you said, these are two teams. You can look, you can look at them on paper. They're both excellent teams. Both coming in with cal- NFL caliber talent. We put a lot of pe- a, lot, a lot of players at the next level. They're they're elite. They're elite, and they're both right. Uh, strong in their conferences. Nothing you can doubt that. Now, who is going to be more elite? Who is going to get that edge? And it's going to come down to details in this one. And so Ohio State, like I said, Ohio State comes in with a high-caliber team, and they do well in the postseason. That's one thing about Ohio State. They may, not, they may not be fancy. They may not do it well in the regular season. But when they get to the postseason here, they know how to dominate. This is not their first rodeo, but same thing for UGA. They know how to dominate. The thing about that makes Georgia so efficient, it's nothing flash. Again, like Michigan, Georgia, what you see is what you get. Stetson Bennett doesn't change his group. Kirby Smart doesn't reinvent the wheel either. The thing about Georgia that makes them is that they're rock solid. They're consistent every single game. Yeah, they turn over the ball. Yeah, they make some mistakes. But at the end of the day, those those minimal mistakes that they make make the difference in the the long run. 
And for me, I'm going to have to, as much as I want to take Georgia to cover those points, I think Georgia's going to roll no doubt in this one. But I'm going to have to say, for the point-wise, in a betting perspective, Ohio State is going to give them a run. Mm-hmm. Yes, they not, have not played against the same opponents. Their defense or offense have not faced the same opponents like UGA has in the, in the SEC. But you can't discredit the talent here, like I said. We're talking about two teams that are stacked with NFL talent. You may not know the names, but you know that they're going to be talented. They're going to give both each other a run. So off the bat, I'm going to take Ohio State. And also for the fact that I've been going against UGA all season long. I've taken them to roll, but I haven't taken them to cover. I think this is one of the, the, the – so, I'm getting, so you know, in, in, true, in true college football fashion and believing a little superstition, I'm going to – like I said, I'm going to take Ohio State in this one. And like I said, what I like about Georgia – is that they're just a complete package. Not that Ohio State is, but they get in these funks and they can't close. And a game as big as this one, even if you have all the elite players, even if you have a strong defense and offense and you have all the right, and you can't translate like Ohio State and you can't finish in key moments, in key games, that's where it makes a difference. And this is where UGA has just shined and been all season long. Nothing flat. Stetson Bennett doesn't run a flashy offense, but he's He's consistent, consistent enough where the dogs are number one in the red zone offense. Um, they're number four in tackles for loss, and they're number eight in time of controlling the ball. And that's going to be a huge factor in this one. What team can control the ball the most? And this is going to be another, it's going to be old-fashioned. We're going to take it long, slow, and hard. What team is just going to be able to wear each other down? Because the, we're talking about two extremely talented teams with elite players. So it's just going to be a matter of who can be able to to, to get it done first. And I think, like I said, Ohio State, as good as they are, as consistent as they are, they're not as consistent and rock solid as, as Georgia has been all season. So give me the dogs to roll in, a, in, the, in the hometown crowd in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. But I think Ohio State's going to keep it close. I think this is going to be a, one of the lower scoring games we're going to see between these two because I think it's just going to be so tight the way these offensive defenses play because they're just so good. You know, there's going to be a lot of small – it's going to be a, a, mat, a game of inches. And it's going to be one in the trenches with these with these lines. So I'm going to take the under 62 in this one. But but I like the dogs to, to win the Peach Bowl and head to the finals. And but I like Ohio State to hang in it. And they're gonna they're gonna make it tough for, for the dogs. This is going to be one of the toughest uh, matches I think the dogs will see all season. There we go. Well, I appreciate it, Leanne. Thank you so much. Uh, we are up against it, Joe. I appreciate you for Haven Harrington. This is Rashawn Myers. Wake up, 502. Hey, and we're out. <laughs>